Cooks house. All right. The weekend can't get here fast enough. The highly anticipated 2023 football season is on the way, but we need to do a little bit of a deep dive into UTSA football. So we called on some friends to come help us out. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Cougs, your daily podcast on the Houston Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Cougs, the daily podcast about your Houston Cougars. I'm your host, Houston-born teacher and coach, Parker Ainsworth, here to break down all things Cougs. Now, if you're a UHN or just a hater came to stop by, please be sure to subscribe down below. That way, you can listen the Cougs into your newsfeed each and every day. We appreciate you making Locked On Cougs your first listen of the day. And welcome back to the YouTube channel. That's where you found us. It is so good to see you again. We are at just over 1,450 subscribers as of the recording of this episode. Remember, we're doing a giveaway at 1,500 as we do with every 250 episode or 250 subscribers. So make sure to subscribe to get us there and then like and comment on the video uh, to let us know that you are in the contest. If after talking about the UTSA, you're just too boiled up and you can't think of anything to write, tell us down below what type of bottled water you prefer to drink because I think you're going to need some at the, at the UTSA game this weekend. All right, I found two guys from Al, uh, from Audible Alamo. I'm telling you, I was doing some market research looking for what to talk about, what is going on with UTSA football and such a new program and all those kinds of things. And these guys are great. It was a fun, fun conversation. Let's just jump on. Let's go, get to them, right to them. Let's go talk to them about UTSA football. All right, and we are joined by Alamo Adrian and Jared UTSA. You can guess they are both of the Alamo Audible podcast, not Alamo Drafthouse podcast. That's for the uh, off-pod listeners. Like, uh, no. Um, welcome to the show. Welcome to Locked On Cougs. First-time visitors, but I would like to keep this rivalry going because last year's game was so much fun. Adrian and Jared, how are y'all doing? Hey, doing great. Great to be here. Definitely agree. Let's keep this thing going. We've got great crowds in both venues when we play. It's looking like it might be a sellout this week in, in TDCU, so we'd love to stay on that schedule. Yeah, I'm extremely excited. I, I am juiced hearing the word rivalry come from a Cougar's mouth, <laughs> and that really, really validates it for UTSA fan. Let me tell you what. So, yeah, man, absolutely. Hey, look, I love the regional stuff. It's just a short trek down I-10. And uh, both these schools, they've got a lot more in common than I think, um, you know, just the, the casual passerby or might realize, right? So I, I think it's great for Texas college football for these two teams to meet up on the field, at least semi-regularly. So, yes, let's call it a rivalry officially, maybe. <laughs> well, if we can continue to have multi-overtime games, I don't know that we'll have to do any of the calling of anything. Right, sure. um, that's just too much fun. And obviously, I'm a little more cheery about it because last year it went, went our way. Um I, I got to ask, and we're going to go through some of the new conference stuff and all that at the end very briefly. Um, Houston has a number of new faces this year. The, the story of the offseason has been there's 42 new guys on campus. About half are transfer, and a little more than half are transfers, and then 17 freshmen where they're fairly, like, for the University of Houston, highly ranked freshman class. At UTSA, what's new about the – because you all remember last year's game, triple overtime, yada, yada, yada. I don't mean to beat you all down with that what's what's new for the UTSA Roadrunners this year? So I wouldn't say there's anything too out of the ordinary, too new when it comes to looking at the depth chart, looking at the roster. You're going to see the same playmakers on offense minus 
Zachary Franklin. Everyone knows we lost him the transfer portal. That was really our only transfer portal departure, right? Pretty much everyone else, as far as playmaker goes, is is returning from 2022. So you got quarterback Frank Harris, uh, you got running back Gavorian Barnes, who's a sophomore, by the way. He's he's an absolute stud. Uh, remember his name coming out of the backfield, and then in the receiving core, you've got Joshua Cephas. You've got JT Clark. You've got Tyke Ogle Kellogg. You've still got Oscar Cardenas at tight end. And so all of these guys, I mean, those are your usual suspects for moving the chains for UTSA. Um, where it's new is now our offensive line is fully healthy. And that was our issue last year. We actually kind of had like a, a mix and match sort of offensive line. We were taking guys off the defense and putting them on offensive line. We lost three guys on the offensive line in fall camp before we even played Houston. And so, you know, it was it was really plug and play. And it's phenomenal the Roadrunners had the success that they did despite our offensive line woes. But now it's a unit that is seasoned because of what the experience forced them into last year, um, but also because the depth. You know, we got a lot of guys from the transfer portal that came onto the offensive line as well. And, and so now it's, it's a healthy unit. It's also a deep unit. And so that's something UTSA fans are extremely excited about. Uh, one new thing is we have no idea who our place kicker is going to be. So if this game goes down <laughs> to the wire and uh, we need someone to go out there and kick a field goal, it is going to be a big mess for us. Yeah, and I'll pitch in on the defense. So a lot of continuity for sure. I mean, it's definitely the same defense, generally speaking, as last year. Uh, all the coaches return on the defensive side of the ball, which is great. Three starters were lost from last year's team. Uh, each one pretty good. Trevor Harmonson, inside linebacker. Uh, Corey Mayfield, who I think made practice squad with the Ravens. If I if I have that right, that might have changed today. Uh, and then a free safety, Clifford Chapman, who I think is also practice squad for the Falcons, right? So some pretty key losses in the secondary there. Uh, some good talent coming in transfer-wise. Uh, they got a all-conference player from Sam Houston State. Uh, that's going to start a cornerback to replace uh, Corey Mayfield. And then they get Rashad Wisdom back from injury. So, you know, he's been one of UTC's best players on defense ever. Uh, just a, an absolute joy of a defensive player to watch if you're a Roadrunner fan. Uh, he had a really rough 2022 season. You know, just never really looked right. Then it turned out he had a shoulder injury that he was playing through. He had to shut things down to get surgery. Um, so getting him back is going to help the defense a lot. But I think, like, my question marks mostly as far as, like, what the personnel is going to look like are more in that secondary, uh, particularly when it comes to the depth. So you mentioned the continuity of the coaching staff on defense. Um, I was tricked. We talked about in the pre-pod. I thought there was continuity staff, uh, continuity in the staff on both sides of the ball. And the offensive coordinator got to do the bowl game, which then ends up tricking me. But he is new, right? It's a different offensive coordinator than we would have had a year ago, uh, in the game a year ago. Mm -hmm. uh, We'll start with with uh, Adrian. I'm about to say Alma with Adrian because you did um, you did tell us about the offensive continuity and the guys on the offense uh, coming back. It sounds like mostly the same guys, right? One receiver out. What can you look for? I mean, are going to be new spots? What's going to be different about the offense, if anything, with uh, a new coordinator involved? I don't think it's going to be extremely different. So our coordinator has been on the staff as long as Jeff Trailer has been at UTSA. Uh, and Justin Burke was the tight ends coach before moving over to offensive coordinator. And so maybe you'll see the tight ends a little bit more involved, which we, we kind of use the tight end in, in passing game as is, but maybe that might be even more so. Um, you might see a little bit more 12 personnel out there, uh, a little bit more heavy on the tight end usage. But I think really what you can look to is UTSA actually not 
relying on Frank Harris to do absolutely everything for us in, in this next season. Kavorian Barnes really had his coming out party last year. He's a little bit bigger. He's a lot more seasoned uh, coming into this season. And so I think you're going to see a lot more balance whenever it comes to how the offense is moving the ball. You're going to see a lot more plays coming out of the backfield between Kavorian Barnes and, and Rocco Griffin. Um, it, was, it was a transfer that we got from uh, from Vanderbilt. And so I think uh, the, our running back is play is going to be a lot heavier and, and, and a lot more improved than it's been in the past. And Frank Harris is going to be able to sort of not have as big of a load that he has to carry, which there was just a, a really, really big piece that came out on Frank Harris and the, the injury woes that he had to go through in the offseason. Uh, just something as simple as getting some uh, his, his knee cleaned out um, ended up turning into a really, really nasty infection. The guy almost left football altogether. Uh, didn't throw a football, didn't even really stand up on his own two feet until May, June, uh, a couple of months ago, right? And so who knows if he's really even 100% for this Houston game? That's that's something that the jury remains out on. We might see a heck of a lot of running in the U of H game just for the simple fact that Frank might still need to do some nursing. The other yeah. part the other part of the offense is that that is, and, and I missed this on, on your first question, but we do have a new center. Right. So 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 the guy snapping the ball to Frank Harris is going to be different. That's going to be Ernesto Almaraz, uh, who replaces a longtime center, Ahufitu Maka, who is an absolute stud at the position for UTSA on their back to back CUSA title run. And so that's another thing that hopefully there's not too many growing pains with. But again, remains to be seen. All right. So we have to take a second of the day to talk about how to add high caliber players like the guys we're talking about on the show onto your team. And there's no better place to do that than LinkedIn jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You'll be 100 percent certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. And that's why you got to check out LinkedIn jobs, LinkedIn jobs, that you find the right people for your team faster and for free. So if you can find a guy that can play for seven years through crazy injuries like Frank Harris, or if you can find a guy to come into your company and start right away like Donovan Smith, you need to go find them at LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs, which find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your jobs for free. Terms and conditions apply. The piece you mentioned on Frank Harris, if people want to go read about it, I, I'm recommending the, the Mike Craven piece with Dave Campbell's football, not just because y'all are coming over from that, but um, it really, really is like a cool story, not just because Houston's playing UTSA this week, but because it's football season. These are cool football stories to see guys overcome like chaotic, crazy off the field in, like injuries and then the off the field stuff that comes with all of that. Um, all right, so talk to me about – you mentioned he's not healthy. Frank Harris will be, if he is healthy, like the premier, premier matchup, not just because he's the quarterback, and you'd always say that about the quarterback, but because he's a particularly talented quarterback. He moved around the pocket very well last year. The lefty, if people remember from the game, mm -hmm. um, frankly, had a really, really good first half. I would, um, you know, Things kind of shifted in the middle of the third quarter of last year's game, but a really, really good first half for him. Um, and when you mentioned that the new coordinator, the tight end coach, I have to feel like that probably means they're not going to miss Cardenas in the end zone. Right. And in triple overtime. Um, but what other you, matchup guys, what other matchups, Jared, I'll flip to you. Cause we'd heard from uh, Adrian on the offense. What matchups are you thinking, you know, UTSA needs to exploit. What matchups are you keeping a close eye on as we head into the weekend? Well, first off, I think Adrian absolutely nailed it with the center uh, with, um, 
Ernesto Almaraz stepping in, not only because it's, you know, he's kind of new to center. He's played a little bit in the past, uh, but stepping in as a starter is a different beast. And then I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce the nose tackle's name uh, with that in front of me for Houston, but he's really talented as well. Um, He goes by Dot, just Dot. Perfect. Perfect. That's easy enough. (laughs) He's really quick off the ball, and I feel like the first time, you know, he gets off the line, that's going to be, you know, a test for Almaraz if he can stand in there and make sure his snaps are accurate. I mean, that's the main thing. You know, even for as good as Ahupi Tamako was a center, he had low snaps for Frank Harris pretty often. And mm-hmm. then Frank has to bend down. And then, you know, the play is already messed up. Your timing with receivers is already off. So that's huge. And then I think also, um, you know, UTSA receivers, like, of course, they lost to Corey. But uh, I know Houston secondary has been iffy, I would say, the past couple of years, right? Definitely not a strong suit of the defense. You know, their front seven's been solid. Um, so I think, like, if we get into a shootout scenario, it's like, okay, first of all, are they going to be able to move the ball through the air through against Houston like they did last year? But then also, like, who stepped into that void left behind by Zachary Franklin? Like, Chris Carpenter is the new starter. He's a transfer from Colorado. He's really fast. But he had some mental mistakes in the bowl game when he got his first start. So we'll see, you know, if he's matured and cleaned that up. Um, then on the other side of the ball, hmm, I don't know. It's a good one. I think um, UTSA's defensive line is really, really strong, right? So how they not only match up against Houston's offensive line, um, but also like Trey Moore had his big breakout season, was an All-American, freshman All-American last year. So obviously Houston's going to have uh, extra attention on him. So like, how does that change for the rest of the defense? You know, does someone like Nick, Nick Booker-Brown uh, get more one-on-one matchups, better ability to get after the quarterback, get after Donovan Smith? Uh, so that's something I'll be watching, you know, not just to win the game this week, but also like going into the future, right? Because that... You know, with my kind of qualms with UTSA secondary, especially the mm. depth, you know, you have to have a really strong pass rush to make up for any deficiencies there. So it's really critical that UTSA shows that they can get after the quarterback, even now that everyone knows who Trey Moore is. Right. Yeah. We're gonna be we're gonna be front heavy on defense and, and you guys with, with Matthew Golden and Joseph Manjack the fourth, <laughs> I mean running routes, dude. You know, we we've really got to lean on the front seven of the defense to to kind of keep those guys at bay because they could be torching our secondary. Adrian, you know, you guys run an odd front defense and everyone calls their linebackers different stuff when they run odd front defense because they kind of end up lined up all over the field. But Danye Taylor is listed as a money. Now, I don't know a lot about what UTSA does defensively schematically. I have coached some high school football. If you're calling a position money, I feel like that's there's something going on. That feels important. Who is Danye? What is that position? What is he doing? So uh, I'll, I'll refer to Jared on breaking down the money. This is, is definitely his area of expertise. But I will tell you that Donye Taylor is the younger brother of a, UT, a former UTSA linebacker, DeAdrian Taylor, who is an absolute stud at the position for us. And so it's, it's a really, really cool storyline for him to come in, take over and take his big brother's old number. Um, within um, uh, the single digit room, uh, which is, you know, something that's voted on by players for the leaders of the defense. And so, yeah, that, that's Donye Taylor's story, man. He's, he's got some big footsteps, to, uh, big shoes to fill. What's the money, as far, Jared? As far as what the money position is, you know, it's, it's, it's a hybrid safety linebacker position. You know, uh, they're going to line up on the strong side of the, deep, of the offense for the most part. And it's going to be guys that have some cover skills. Like Donye had a great interception. I think like one of his first games at UTSA, he returned, mm-hmm. returned it for like 30 yards or something like that against Middle Tennessee. Um, and his brother was like real slight, you know, Donnie is a little bit bigger, uh, but they kind of fit that role of guys that are pretty aggressive for a safety, but probably don't have the sheer speed to stand back there as a strong safety. 
Um, I imagine they put the dollar sign on it because they want turnovers. Turnovers make money. Right. Right. So that's my guess. Uh, <laughs> the other guy that's backing him up is Pig Cage. So he's like on every all name team in college football, obviously. Uh, he actually started a game at cornerback at LSU. He started his career at Nickel State. Right. He was an FCS All American there as a cornerback. Uh, you know, saw playing time at LSU just because they had a lot of suspensions and injuries and stuff like that at corner. Um, and then he's playing this position, which is like kind of like the hybrid safety linebacker spot at UTSA. So just goes to show they really value coverage skills there. Mm -hmm. They will blitz with this position sometimes. They actually have a guy, uh, Owen Peewee is a third string there. Um, and he's a guy that can get after the quarterback. But I think for the most part, they're going to be playing, you know, zone, spying the quarterback, stuff like that. And, and just like a ball hawk that plays in the front seven. I would imagine with Donovan Smith being the quarterback, it's a little bit different look than Clayton Toon was a year ago. And, you know, they Clayton Toon found some success with his legs a year ago, I imagine, only makes the idea of spying the quarterback more important. That does typically take a guy to coverage. And Adrian mentioned that Houston's got it. one of our things we're hanging our hat on is a very talented wide receiver room led by one Matthew Golden. This is to either one of you who wants to try and answer. I don't imagine anyone gets him one-on-one -on -one all night. But which of your corners do you think is lining up and finding Matthew? Who is is there somebody that you really like that you expect to cover him for most of the night with safety over the top help or something like that? Or is it really going to be just kind of by committee? My guess would be Nick Troy Fortune. If if anyone's matched up on him one to one, it's it's got to be senior quarter uh, senior cornerback Nick Troy Fortune. Stands a six foot tall and and has had a pretty consistent coverage in his time here at UTSA. Not by any means like a shutdown, put you on an island, but he's he's been really really consistent with coverage. Yeah, I think so, and I think most likely too they're just going to shade the safety over that side of the field, which is going to mm -hmm. give them trouble on the other side because that's a really strong receiver unit. Um, I, I like the two starting cornerbacks and Nick Troy Fortune and Cam Alexander. I think they'll be able to do a pretty solid job of containing these guys. But it's like when they rotate off the field, that's when the question marks go up for me. So I, I'm more concerned, you know, especially in this, you know, 95 degree evening game that we're going to see in Houston. You got to yeah. rotate, you know, guys going to cramped up. Um, so really, to me, like that initial matchup is one thing, but it's like what happens throughout the stretch of the game, I think is, is what can make the difference for sure. 95 degree and i think the official report is about a thousand percent humidity i'm yep. sure um i i said say i was really impressed with utsa a year ago i know that tank dell had a couple touchdowns but between like outside of the red zone i actually felt like utsa did a pretty good job balling him up and you know coming off the year he had the year prior and he ended up having a great year after that i was kind of like okay what does this mean for houston right going forward um on the inverse side, you mentioned, I, uh, I think we've said several times now that y'all lost a, a receiver in the transfer portal. And frankly, kudos to UTSA, most programs that size lost a lot more than one receiver. I think it probably speaks to something UTSA is doing, right? Mm -hmm. um, Houston has entirely new faces in the defensive backfield. Um, they have uh, corners coming from New Mexico, and they have safeties coming from junior college ranks. And, and I guess actually that flip, but the... The real tr question I have is, I don't quite necessarily know who I would call our number one guy yet because we haven't gotten to see them play against live bullets. What would you say is like the guy out of your three? Did you mention Chris Carpenter to the transfer? He came in, played the bowl game. Who does Houston have to make sure they keep eyes on in y'all's receiver room on the inverse? Because these scores can rank up really fast in a hurry. I think it's got to be Cephas, right, Adrian? 100% has to be Josh Cephas. Has to be yeah, Josh I mean, Cephas. JT Clark's the better like NFL talent, right? Like, you know, if he's healthy this year, I think he's going to get drafted. Cephas might as well. But I think in the college game, Cephas is just so deadly. His routes are so crisp. 
he's got such a great connection with Frank Harris. I mean, he seems to always find that check down of like when the defense sends two linebackers in a blitz, see if it's just always kicks it up the middle of the field for that quick slant and takes it off mm-hmm. to the house. So that's a guy that you can't take your uh, eye off of on the slot, you know, so similar to tank, right? Um, but we'll see. I mean, JT Clark is still, you know, game time decision. So we really have no clue if he's going to play or not. But I think, you know, either way, Cephas is going to be the primary target for Frank Harris. And and the and I think the, the biggest threat to Cephas is what he's able to do after he catches the ball. Yeah. You know, he'll catch the ball, but then he'll yeah. move it another 15, 25 yards downfield. Just yeah, fact, making he took moves. one to the house against Houston on like a little that's five, right. 10 yard dump route. Yeah. That's right. I, took I remember this guy now. I, I remember, yeah, yeah, I remember this guy now. Um, yeah. He's, you mentioned him, like he's got, he's got some wiggle to him, but he's also not little, if I remember right. Like, right. He's, yeah, he's, he's, like, he's, he's a like taller. A six, three six, three. Yeah. yeah. Six, three. And he's playing the slot. It's incredible. Yeah. And he hails. Hail is from my home area of Houston Spring, Texas. So I, I got a lot of affinity for my boy Josh Cephas, man. Yeah, I imagine there's a lot of, you know, a, there's a number of Houstonian and the Houston area kids on every roster in the state of Texas. I'm sure that those guys really want to turn up when they come home, mm-hmm. especially. The last matchup I want to ask you guys about, and I think when Dana was when Dana's seat was the hottest, mm. like many other programs in the country, there were people like, well, that UTSA guy's a really good coach. Like, can we just go get that guy? Um, the coaching matchup here, right? Dana, you know, trained as an air raid guy there at the invention of the air raid and has kind of run the ball a little bit more each year as the years have gone on. Defense has never been a thing that a Dana Holgerson team has been crazy good at, but the years that they've had a good defense, like 2021, they end up being stupid good, right? Um, what do you make up uh, as the rising program? Again, the program's only a dozen years old or so, right? Like as the rising program with a hot name in coaching, like other schools, I'm sure you've heard people try and we want to post, like people want to come get your guy, right? Mm-hmm. What do you make up? Uh, and I'll either one of you wants to go first uh, of the coaching matchup, because it is like the new guy on the block versus someone who's been around for a while. I love this coaching matchup. I think there was already a little bit of bickering, you know, behind closed doors between these two guys going into last season, but you can kind of hear it in the press conference. There's a sense of pride that comes with this game. Um, I know Dana Holgerson was was taking shots at our at our crowd noise and our fan base uh, before the game last season, and uh, and then he was a little bit vocal on Twitter after the win, right? I think he retweeted the Red Bull and vodka tweet that someone was talking about, and so you know, and there's there's a, there's a lot of cloud that that comes with Dana, and um, and and I like that, you know, we we like coaches that have the big personalities. I think not only does it sell, but I also think that it's it's really good for for locker room culture. I think guys buy into that sort of thing, especially whenever they're able to back it up. We've seen Jeff Trailer take coaching um, matchups personally with certain guys. And so I, I would point back to the University of North Texas, UNT, for this. Um, Seth Luttrell got one over on the UTSA Roadrunners in the 2021 season. Uh, they were one game away from finishing the regular season undefeated. We had to go to Denton, Texas. It was raining. It was cold. And they beat the snot out of us. We didn't even show up to that game, man. It was so bad that Jeff Trailer pulled the starters by the end of the third quarter. I don't even think Frank Harris touched the field a single time in the fourth. He didn't come in in the second half. In the whole second half. Okay, in the whole second half. I almost said that at first. Yeah, so after halftime, we were playing the backups. And we were like, oh, well, let's just get ready for the conference title game next week. And so the following year um, – Sure, we beat UNT in the regular season, and we beat them in the in the CUSA title game. But you really saw um, Jeff Trailer keep 
the dogs in the game, right? He didn't call the dogs off for all four quarters. He was trying to score and trying to score more and really put the throat down on North Texas. And I think part of that had to do with what happened last year and losing that game to Seth Luttrell in a regional sort of matchup like that. And uh, what happened after the CSA title game, North Texas actually let go of Seth Luttrell. And um, I'm not saying that <laughs> Coach Trailer was out to get that guy fired, but he wanted to make sure that the Roadrunners put their foot on the throats of the mean green. And, and they certainly did that. And uh, I, I'm telling you, there's a personal vendetta that Jeff Trailer has going into the U of H game because he made a key mistake last year with 12 men on the field after UTSA had already gotten the third down stop. U of H was going to punt it back to UTSA in the fourth quarter with a roadrunner lead. All we had to do was run out the clock and finish the game, brother. And that was a huge coaching mistake. It haunted Jeff Trailer. He brought up that game for weeks, even months in press conferences after the game throughout the season, um, which is very uncharacteristic of him, by the way. <laughs> And so I, I know, I know he's really got a personal vendetta for this one. The, the game is highlighted, starred, and circled, and has been ever since last year. Jared, I'm assuming you're going to echo that, but what is there any 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 different opinion you got, or is, is there any schematic thing about this coaching matchup? Because again, I maintain that I like Dana, and I I, I think um, I know he has faults, and I could list them if you wanted to, um, but I, I think he's a fairly you know good football coach, especially for a guy that wants to be at Houston, you know, there's so few guys that want to like Houston's kind of a bounce program for a lot of people. Um, trailer is an up and coming name. And I continue to be impressed by the things he's done at UTSA. Again, it's such a new program. What do you make of the, the coaching matchup as we head into the weekend? Yeah, I think schematically they're really different for sure. You know, I think trailer is a little bit, he's an offensive minded coach as well. You know, he comes from a basketball background, so he likes scoring points. He understands, you know, spacing and motion and rhythm and all that stuff. But I think he's like a little bit more tuned into defense than, than maybe Dana is. But I think even more than that, I think these guys just differ from a personality perspective. Uh, you know, trailer is very much like an outgoing guy. You know, he's really pleasant. He likes talking to people and meeting people. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you kind of hear that you know, Dana's like, will kind of give people the cold shoulder. He's not a social, you know, kind of guy. Uh, so I think they have very different outlooks on college football and, you know, how they, talk with their players and you know like trailer is like he's so cool with his guys you know i, I don't know how dana is in that regard but i think <laughs> i i don't know how many people would use the word cool i think he's fun i think he's funny yeah, he's sponsored yeah. by red bull right those kind of things i don't know if i'd use the <laughs> right yeah I, I thought it was really telling too uh i forgot the name of the running back that transferred to colorado from houston Alt, the alton mccaskill yeah. he was really mccaskill talented. yeah yeah you know, Dana had some words about it. He didn't. He didn't hide his opinion. He he like really told the truth, right? And I think when Zakari transferred out of UTSA, you know, he he tried really. He didn't publicly come out and say like, "Hey, way to go, Zakari!" Like, I'm glad you went and got that bag or anything. But you know, <laughs> I think that he was very reserved in how he approached that situation. Right. Uh, whereas Dana's a lot more bold about it. He'll come out and tell you like how he really feels, like no filter at all. And I think both guys are awesome for how like how they approach the game. Like, I, I love both of them as coaches for sure. So for me, it's just like Adrian said, it's the personality difference that I think makes it so intriguing. Well, and yesterday's episode, um, I guess if this comes out on Thursday, Wednesday's episode was Dana had a radio show on Tuesday where he said, screw Texas. We think that trailer is like unfiltered and he'll say anything, but then you listen to Dana talk. Like, oh, there's levels to this, man. There's levels. What? And, and trailer may get there, right? He's a younger guy. He's a younger guy. Um, 
last segment here, I want to talk for a second about I you know, dozen years in the program. I, I can't talk about enough how impressed I am with the 12 years of a, having a football program that UTSA has had. Um, but they're both in weirdly a similar spot to me in that they're starting off life in a new conference. The conference is a perceived or real, whichever, but it's at least a perceived move up in the world, right? From the CUSA to the American Athletic Conference, Houston going from the American Athletic Conference to the Big 12. Um, what I, I put a lot of importance in the non-conference games on Houston's schedule because a Big 12 team, in theory, should win those three non-conference games. They don't have a Power 5 non-conference game and those kinds of things. We've seen weirder things happen, and we know UTSA is a very talented American Athletic Conference team. What do you make of this game as it starts off your season in that new conference? Does it carry any importance or weight or anything like that? What are you looking at this as a tone? How are you looking at this, should say, as a tone setter? I'll throw it to either one of you guys. I think for me, the, the biggest thing about this game is it, it, it can make or break a trip to New York Six Bowl for UTSA. Same as last year. You know, if, if UTSA didn't have that 12 men on the field penalty last year, they probably would have got a two-lane spot of going to the New Year Six, right? So it's huge, right? I think it's a good measuring stick as well, right? Like, no doubt Houston's on an upward trajectory, just like UTSA. But, like, right now, I think on the field, they're pretty neck and neck, like we saw last year. Um, so, if they're able to show that they've progressed, if UTSA can show that they've progressed since last year and get this road win uh, in TDECU Stadium against a Power 5 opponent, like, that shows that, like, hey, this program is still growing. It's still moving upwards, right? And they're not going to kind of just stall out of where they've been of course the real challenge comes next year when you lose like 50 seniors or whatever it is yeah. um, but i think to me that's the biggest thing is like you know can they show improvement year over year and just continue doing what they're doing uh even as the competition level competition level rises um not just for the kooks moving to the big 12 now but you know also for the ac programs that are you know the bottom of that conference is just a heck of a lot better than the bottom of conference usa is the, is the main thing to me yeah and i think it's really important in sort of proving the legitimacy of UTSA on the national landscape. You know, you can win back-to-back CUSA titles, but for most casual college football fans, it's CUSA and they don't really carry too much water with it. Right. And so you can go out and you can beat a Houston at home. I think it raises a lot of people's eyebrows and they start to pay a little bit more attention to UTSA, take them a lot more seriously. And sure. I mean, if, if you can handle a U of H at home, it, it certainly primes you to be able to, take on the AAC, uh, you know, you could say U of H is, is pretty resembling of some of the tougher competition we're going to see this year. And so I think if they can go in there and, and beat that, then they're primed and ready to go into the AAC and, and replicate the success that they had in conference USA. We've got a heck of an out of conference schedule and every single game is going to be super important in September and Houston, man, this one, we got to go out there and win. We really, really do. And you never know if, if UTSA can go out there and win convincingly, they might be ranked after week one. I did see, and correct me if I'm wrong, they, they received votes for the top 25. Because I was doing a schedule breakdown on who is the top 25 on Houston's schedule, whatever. And UTSA did receive votes, correct? Am I wrong in that? They're like top 30 right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I think, I think nationally people, the writers at least, the people that pay attention week in, week out, are noticing this and part of that is you return Frank Harris is a seventh year quarterback. He's had injuries. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's seventh year quarterback, right? Um, and so familiar names, I think, help mm-hmm. an awful, awful lot. Um, Adrian and then Jared, uh, y'all obviously have a show that comes out, uh, all things UTSA all the time, but tell people where they can find you, your work, and the show, etc. All those kinds of things you're working on these days. Yeah, absolutely. So on Twitter, I'm at Alamo Adrian 
underscore unbelievable but you got to put the underscore in there i'm sure i'll pop up if you type in at alamo adrian uh, but all of our work is at um is at www.alamoaudible.com that is the number one place where you can find every single co- uh, podcast episode that we do every article and blog that is written you can find our merch store if you're a big utsa fan and looking for game day gear uh it, it's all there in the hub we're on patreon um so we have people that are able to subscribe to the podcast and get some bonus content as well but on the socials, it's at Alamo Audible across all the social landscapes. That's Instagram, Twitter, um, Facebook, right? TikTok. <laughs> We've, we have a TikTok account trying to get a, a little more traffic going on there. We could be better about posting on it. But, you know, that's what the kids are on nowadays. What the kids yeah, Andrew, are on. <laughs> yeah, Andrew and Phil DeMitra, we're both rocking Alamo Audible merch. He's got the brand new Los Cota Caminos foam trucker hat. I've got the classic champion windbreaker jacket on. You know, trying to be better about that one on video. Uh, but I hopefully put my Twitter handle right here on the screen at Jared UTSA if you're just listening to the audio. So hope you guys will check us out. Uh, I thought we had a pretty strong Houston preview this week and just really excited for this game. And Animal Audible is with Dave Campbell's football. So I think anyone in the state of Texas would recognize that's a fairly strong brand. Um, these guys, when I was looking for my own market research, I'm telling you, it's, it's as good as anything you'll find on UTSA as you're looking as like detailed and you know, they clearly have been doing this for a long, long time. And in talking pre-pod, I guess that that is true. It wasn't just what it sounds like. Um, thank you all so much for coming on today and talking UTSA. Uh, I'm going to end with go Cougs because that's that's what we're going to say over here. <laughs> but I totally get that that might not be the thing y'all want to end on. So go Cougs. <laughs> birds up. I'll say go Cougs uh, 11 weeks of the year, but it's all birds up this week, baby. <laughs> oh, man.